The anonymous landlord is more than just making profit from property. It's a system of automation and a strategy which will shape the way you invest in property forever. It's a quality of life, it's a way of life. It's a business mindset. The anonymous landlord will make loads of money from property and continue to grow wealth and assets without giving up time or energy or life. Because what's the point in making a load of money from property if you've got no time or energy to enjoy it? My name's Tom Sone, and this is The Anonymous Landlord. Chapter 6. A Positive Renting Experience Before I get into Chapter 6, I wanted to tell you that my company, Pink Street, offer a landlord-to-landlord property sales service. It's exactly what it sounds like. I just couldn't think of a more exciting name than that. If you've got a property that's currently tenanted, then my company provide a landlord to landlord property sales service, which means you don't have to evict a tenant and the landlord that's buying doesn't have to find a new tenant. So you can sell your property and keep the tenant in that property and still sell it for a fair market value price. First of all, just book a valuation. It's tom at pinkstreet.co.uk or you can call me or the team on 02392864555 or you can just search Pink Street anywhere. You'll find us and you can book it through our website. Chapter six, a positive renting experience. We believe all tenants should be able to treat their house as their home. Tenants seeking a home in the private rented sector should not be turned away unreasonably. Tenants should not face financial barriers that prevent them from moving when they wish to. We have mandated tenancy deposit protection since 2007, requiring landlords and agents to keep tenancy deposits within appointed schemes worked with the lettings industry and major lenders to remove restrictions on mortgages, preventing landlords from letting to tenants on benefits, placed a cap on deposits and prevented landlords and agents from charging undue or excess fees when letting a property to a tenant, the Tenant Fees Act 2019, mandated client money protection, CMP for all letting agents handling client money in England since 2019. This compensates a tenant or landlord if all or part of their money is not repaid by their agent, for example, due to insolvency. Revised the model tenancy agreement, making it easier for tenants with pets to find private landlords who will accept them. We will make it illegal for landlords or agents to have blanket bans on renting to families with children or those in receipt of benefits, so-called no DSS bans. Give tenants the right to request that they can have a pet in their property, which landlords must consider and cannot unreasonably refuse. Work with industry experts to monitor the development of innovative market-led solutions to passport deposits. Everyone living in the PRS has the right to a quality property that feels like their home and meets their needs. 
there are barriers to moving in the private rented sector, especially for those on low incomes that make it harder for tenants to assert their rights. No DSS practices can leave low income tenants with limited options when they need to find a new home. These practices have no place in a fair and modern housing market. Challenges in pulling together a second deposit before the return of the deposit for a current property can also prevent tenants from moving. Once tenants are in a property, it can be difficult to personalize the space or keep pets. Overcoming these barriers is vital to making the tenant's house a home, while also reducing the financial barriers to home ownership. A ban on no DSS practices. Everyone should have access to safe and secure housing, regardless of whether they are in receipt of benefits or their family circumstances. While most landlords provide a professional service to their tenants, there is evidence that some landlords and agents are actively discouraging or even preventing people in receipt of benefits or with children from renting their properties. The English Private Landlord Survey 2021 found that 44% of landlords were unwilling to let to tenants on either housing support or universal credit. This can severely restrict the ability of a person on a low income to live in a decent home. Some landlords will refuse to allow benefit claimants to view an affordable property or to consider them as a potential tenant or they will advertise properties with restrictions like no DSS or no benefits or working professionals only. A quarter, 26%, of private rented sector households and families receive some form of housing benefit and are at risk from these types of restrictive practices. Quote, being in receipt of benefits is a hurdle when trying to find a rented property. It is hard to find within my price range and landlords agents tend to favour those in work. Tenant, South East, age 45 to 54. Case study, section 21 eviction and no DSS bans. Emma lives with her seven-year-old son and has health problems. That means she has had to give up her job in 2015. Emma paid her rent in full and on time every month and received housing benefit to cover part of her rent. Emma unexpectedly received a Section 21 eviction notice in 2017. Emma explained that her financial situation made it difficult for her to move, but the landlord continued with the eviction. Emma began contacting letting agencies and private landlords, but none were open to letting to someone who was unemployed and in receipt of housing benefit. Emma was very worried that she and her son would be made homeless. But at the last minute, she was offered a spare room by a friend's mother. Although she was grateful to have this room, Emma had to move far from her previous home and felt guilty that she was not able to provide stability for her son. Both Emma and her son lost friends due to what she believes is a stigma around being evicted. Emma also felt frustrated and sad that despite being a good tenant who always paid rent on time, she was discriminated against for receiving housing benefits. Emma found being evicted traumatising and damaging to both her mental and physical health. Emma now lives in a council flat. 
She would prefer to move back into privately rented accommodation. However, her fears of no-fault eviction and the discrimination she faces being in receipt of welfare hold her back. Emma, Southeast, age 45 to 54. It is wholly unacceptable for landlords to refuse to consider somebody as a prospective tenant simply because they are on benefits or have young children. We will make it illegal for landlords or agents to have blanket bans on renting to families with children or those in receipt of benefits. We will also explore if action is needed for other vulnerable groups that may struggle to access private rented sector accommodation, such as prison leavers. We will also support landlords to take informed decisions on individual circumstances rather than relying on blanket bans. We will work with the insurance industry to address landlord and agent misconceptions that it is difficult to arrange insurance for properties where tenants are in receipt of benefits. We will also explore improvements to welfare support information for both tenants and landlords and help ensure that those who are unable to manage their rent payments can arrange direct payments of housing costs to their landlord through their universal credit, managed payments. So that tenants can access the support they need and can secure accommodation in the private rented sector, we will boost awareness of the range of local services available to help people who are living on low wages or receiving benefits. Renting with pets. Domestic pets can bring joy, happiness and comfort to their owners, as well as supporting their mental and physical well-being, including through challenging times. The English Private Landlord Survey 2021 found that 45% of landlords were unwilling to let to tenants with pets. Quote, As a tenant, I am a consumer in the private rented sector. Landlords should be encouraged to use the model tenancy agreement which has a clause for respectable pet owners. This will provide tenants who are also pet owners with more choice. Tenant Southwest 25 to 34. We will legislate to ensure landlords do not unreasonably withhold consent when a tenant requests to have a pet in their home, with the tenant able to challenge a decision. Alongside this, we will make it easier for landlords to accept pets by amending the Tenant Fees Act 2019 to include pet insurance as a permitted payment. This means landlords will be able to require pet insurance so that any damage to their property is covered. We will continue to work with landlords and other groups to encourage a common sense approach. Pets can bring a huge amount of joy and we are committed to supporting responsible pet ownership in the private rented sector. Alongside greater security and quality, these measures will help tenants truly feel like their house is their home. We will also encourage landlords to allow reasonable requests by tenants to redecorate, hang pictures or change appliances, provided they return the property to its original state when they leave. Passporting deposits. Coming up with a new deposit before the deposit for a tenant's current home has been returned can be a challenging barrier to moving within the private rented sector. This limits tenants' options and means that some tenants stay put in substandard accommodation because they can't afford the upfront cost to move elsewhere. 
The lack of financial security can also push home ownership further from renters. Private renters incur moving costs more frequently than social renters and homeowners and spend more of their income on housing. Collectively, this affects their ability to save for a deposit on their own home. Nearly half of all households in the private rented sector have no access to savings and may therefore struggle to fund a second deposit. To cover the cost, some tenants might borrow money from or move in with family and friends or take on extra work. Others may take out short-term credit, access a deposit scheme from a local council or decide not to move into a new property altogether. Quote, I've been renting in the private rented sector for seven years. The main barrier for me is the substantial upfront cost of the tenancy deposits when moving between properties. This is because of delays in receiving my original deposit to use for my future property. In the past, I have had to borrow money from family or use credit cards to cover tenancy deposit costs. Tenant, Southwest, age 25 to 34. Most deposits are returned, in part or in full, within one to three weeks. This can take longer where the deposit is disputed, either through alternative dispute resolution or in the courts. Some tenant groups experience a longer time where two deposits may be needed. Students, for an example, often put a deposit down months before moving into a property. A call for evidence was issued in 2019 to widen government understanding of the barriers private tenants experience when moving from one property to another. We have since considered several proposals to reduce the financial burden on tenants whilst making sure landlords continue to have the security of a deposit. Following our call for evidence, the market has begun to develop innovative solutions to affordability issues. This includes, for example, loan and insurance products for tenants to bridge the period where deposit requirements overlap. Private solutions have the potential to offer innovative and flexible solutions for different groups. We recognise these market innovations are in their infancy, but do not wish to curtail the progress that has been made. Therefore, we plan to Monitor market-led solutions that aim to reduce the problems experienced during the overlap between tenancies with our expert industry-based working groups such as the Tenancy Deposit Protection Working Group. Keep the impact and risks of market-led solutions under review, including their affordability and accessibility with the Tenancy Deposit Protection Working Group. Keep the current deposit protection and the broader deposit market under review and take further action, including legislation, if needed. By reducing the barriers to moving, we will give tenants more options if standards are not up to scratch or they find a better deal. A full response to the call for evidence is available on gov.uk. 
Thank you for joining me and I hope you enjoyed this podcast. But before you go to the next episode, I really want to hear from you. Just search Tom Sohn on any social media or just email me tom at pinkstreet.co.uk. I'd love to know your thoughts on this episode. And if you need any help with your own situation, just get in touch. I'll answer every email and every message I promise. Anyway, see you in the next podcast and remember, Being a landlord is hard. Being an anonymous landlord is easy. Invest, enjoy, repeat, and grow.